The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana, Kramer Sanson in the background, helping us keep this thing afloat. And Rocky, the Kansas City Chiefs fall 27-24 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, they start the second half, they go out, they get the touchdown, they go up in the game, and you're kind of feeling like, okay, that that Carlos Dunlap play was a turning point for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And you're starting to feel good, like, oh, they're going to start turning this thing on, and they're going to wind up winning this football game. And just mistake after mistake. Some of it is Cincinnati at this point, Rocky. We've got a three-game sample size, and the Chiefs are 0-3 with Patrick Mahomes against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals over the last two years, including a home AFC championship game playoff loss to that football team. And I think we have to start with the defense today because... Chiefs fans, you should be upset with the way this defense played. With Justin Reed running his mouth, saying he's going to lock these guys down uh, all all week, and the back and forth, knowing that this is the team, for whatever reason, the one team in the NFL you haven't gotten over the hump against. And then to show up and put on this kind of defensive performance, we should have an issue with the way this defense played. I've been giving Steve Spagnuolo credit all season long. I think he's having one of his best seasons as the Chiefs defensive coordinator, and they just did not show up to get it done today. They did not get pressure on Joe Burrow at all for most of the game. They did not sack him at all. And this is an offensive line that has improved a little bit, but still isn't great. Like Joe Burrow still gets sacked a lot. And the Chiefs could not put pressure on him throughout the entire day. And so at the end of the day, even with offensive mistakes, and we'll get into that, Rocky, there was just too many mistakes made by the defense for the Chiefs to to even deserve to win this football game. The Chiefs deserve to lose this game. And it goes 100% on Spags and the defensive line. How, how How much resources have we sunk into this pass rush trying to get it right? And year after year, game after game, we can't create any pass rush without blitzing. I tweeted out early in the game, if the Chiefs can't win with four pass rushers, we're going to lose this game. The Chiefs couldn't win with six pass rushers today. I mean, think about it. Chris Jones is your second highest paid player on the team. Frank Clark, you gave up a first-round draft pick for. George Karloftis, first-round draft pick. 
Carlos Dunlap, you went out and got him in free agency. Mike Dana, another draft pick. And you can't beat a one-on-one guy. You can't find a guy who can beat their man. And you know what? The Bengals' offensive line, they made some improvements in the offseason. They're not good. They're still a bottom half of the NFL offensive line. And if you can't beat your man, then that means that you're in the bottom half of defensive line players in the NFL. And Chris Jones had some flashes today. Dunlap had some flashes today. But when the game was on the line and needed to get done, they folded. They were soft. This defensive line is an embarrassment today. Like, it's not even NFL-quality defensive line. There was no pressure. No pressure. Joe Barrow got to do whatever he wanted all day long without any pressure whatsoever. Frank Clark can't beat his man for the life of him. And I know he's fighting an illness, but if he's going to be on the field, then he has to beat his man. Like it's as simple as that. You're not going to beat the Bengals with their outside weapons if you have to continue to blitz down after down after down to try to create pressure. And then when you do blitz, you don't even get home. You don't even get in the backfield. They pick up the blitz and stop you every single time. This was a gutless performance by the defense. And I'm sorry, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and I've given Spagnolo lots of credit this year. But this was an embarrassing game, and it was this was the worst tape I've seen of them all year long. So. I will say that I think the secondary deserves some credit here. Not Justin Reed. (laughs) Definitely not Justin Reed. Uh, But I'm talking about your young cornerbacks in Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams, who had a couple of nice plays today. Like, I don't think that the cornerbacks were the issue today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, it's not like Jamar Chase wound up with a nice stat line in the box score. But Jamar Chase didn't go out and put up 266 yards on you like he did last year. Like, for the most part, they bottled up Chase and Higgins with these young cornerbacks, which should make you feel optimistic moving forward. But like everything that you just said, Rocky, it all comes back to the pass rush. And they've been playing better lately. They've been creating pressure, and they've actually been generating a few turnovers here and there, which has been a huge problem this season. But when it comes down to it, this was the game on your schedule. This was the one game left where you were like, you got to have it. You got to have it because you lose this football game and all of a sudden Buffalo jumps back into the driver's seat for the number one seat in the AFC chiefs could not get it done again. They fall 27, 24 to the Cincinnati Bengals in what was really just an ugly football game. And again, we'll get to the offensive side of the ball, but I just want to stick with the defense and I understand the Bengals are set up to beat a lot of opposing NFL defenses. Like they have weapons that are hard to replicate across the entire NFL, but we've seen other defenses have success against them. I just think that Steve Spagnuolo specifically just does not execute well against Joe Burrow because we see time after time, Joe Burrow, you blitz him. Joe Burrow knows exactly where to go. He knows exactly what the read is. Okay. If I get pressure from this side of the field, I know exactly where to go with the football to get rid of it fast. And Joe Burrow did it over and over and over again today, just at the end of the game there with the game on the line, a third and 11 and Cincinnati gave you a gift because they stopped the clock for whatever reason. And easy, easy third and 11 conversion to T Higgins. And that was just the defense on the day. No pressure on Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow putting the ball exactly where he needed to put it making the reads that he needed to make and doing just enough for the Cincinnati Bengals to win. It's, I think this is the most frustrating performance I've seen from the Kansas State Chiefs defense all season long. Like even that game against Buffalo, where you gave up 
the the late fourth quarter game winning touchdown drive to Josh Allen. Like for the most part, their defense held strong in that game and they slowed that Buffalo Bills offense, but you didn't feel good about the defense, I don't think, at any point today other than, and you can throw it up on the screen, <laughs> Kramer, because I don't want to focus a lot on the highlights tonight. But, I, I mean, that Carlos Dunlap stop just before the half is about the only time I felt good about the defense all day today, Rocky. Yeah, and me and you, we don't see eye to eye on what on how the, 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 the first half ended after this Carlos Dunlap play, but we'll address that here in a little bit. Um but yeah, no, this was literally probably the one highlight real play. And I'll say this, you're right about Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie did exactly what Trent McDuffie was supposed to do, being the first-round draft pick. He came in there and he battled with Chase all night long, and Chase what didn't embarrass us. You know, Chase wasn't the reason why we lost this game. The Chiefs were the reason. The Chiefs lost this game to themselves. Sure, the Bengals took advantage of some situations. They created a turnover. But guess what? The Chiefs don't create turnovers. You can't give the ball away and not take the ball away. Like, that's a huge issue for this defense. All year long, Spags' defense has been unable to create turnovers. And when you give the ball away, you got to be able to at least take it away to, to even it up. And they couldn't do that today. Um, Williams and McDuffie were the only two bright spots on this defense. Otherwise, it was an embarrassing performance. Even, even Nick Bolton, who normally – he's a really great tackler. He, he still tackled pretty well today. But he let the guy drag him for an extra three yards. It seemed like every single time he tried to tackle the guy, like, like, like can you just drive a guy back? And Justin Reed, for all of his talk about he's going to lock people down and everything, there was multiple times that that he doesn't even know how to tackle. Man, like he came in so high on on P Ryan on a couple of plays and just got stiff armed into next Wednesday on that one play. And it's because you're trying to tackle a running back around the shoulders. Can you just drop low and tackle somebody at the hips like you're supposed to? Like you got taught how to do in peewee football. Just how about some fundamental tackling on the defense? If we have that alone, that might even be the difference. We can't even tackle. We're professional football players that don't know how to tackle. Like it's insane. And I, I want to remind you guys, uh, if you want to jump in the comments, use hashtag AP rapid reaction. We'll try to get to some of your game observations at the end of the show. And yeah, I, I agree with everything that she said defensively uh, about this Kansas City Chiefs team. And it's something that I've been worried about for a while now. But when the offense is humming and Patrick Mahomes is on an MVP campaign and, and the Chiefs are sitting atop the AFC and everything's going really well. You don't want to dive too much into the negative aspects of the defensive side of the ball because for the most part, with all the young players they have, they've played well enough to put you in the conversation for the number one seed in the AFC. But at the end of the day, I'm still looking at this defense 13 weeks through the NFL season and saying, who's the guy that's going to get it done when you need it? Like who's the guy that's going to put an end to drives and it's supposed to be Chris Jones. And it has been Chris Jones for a lot of this season, but when it's not working out for him, when the Bengals are, are running the ball and they're getting rid of the ball really quick to try to avoid those blitzes and the pass rush that wasn't getting home anyway, then there's nobody in this secondary right now that's like, oh, okay, that guy's the guy who's going to go make the play for me. There's nobody in the linebackers right now outside of Nick Bolton who occasionally makes a play, but when things aren't going well, there's nobody on that defense outside of Chris Jones who you're like, okay, he's going to come up and make the big play for me defensively. And that was highlighted all day today from the very first 
Bengals drive where I think it was a third and four. And it, you're like, okay, you can force you can force an opening drive punt, huge start to the game. Nope, easy first down for Cincinnati. And that's how it was all day long for this defense. They just did not have anybody step up in a major way in a huge, huge AFC matchup. And they honestly deserve to lose this football game. And it all starts with the defense. I, I know Justin Reed, Andy Reed mentioned it this week, like, Oh no, I said something to him about running his mouth on social media. We don't we don't like that. Like we 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 don't do that. We don't want to give them anything else to talk about. And Cincinnati showed up to play and Cincinnati did not want to lose this game at home. And Cincinnati's sitting here saying like, "Hey, we were in the Super Bowl last year. We're still a really good team in the AFC. Why is everybody overlooking us?" And then the Chiefs defense to not show up at all and to like you mentioned, missed tackle after missed tackle, giving up third down conversions left and right like they just did not show up to play, and it's the most disappointed I've been in the Chiefs' defense all season long. Oh, my gosh. It's 100% the most disappointed. Like, as a Chiefs fan, like, Chris Jones is supposed to be that guy, and sometimes he is, except for when you really, really need him to be. Like, I love Chris Jones, but where is that moment of Aaron Donald late in the Super Bowl when he busts through the line and, and, and pressures Joe Burrow and then points to his finger like, I just got my ring. Like, like you don't get that moment out of Chris Jones. He was supposed to, in the AFC Championship game, Chris Jones had a shot at that moment. He didn't get it. He didn't get it today. He didn't get it against the Bills. Like, okay, Chris Jones, you're really talented when the chips aren't on the line, but show us something when the game matters. Like, when we need you to be Chris Jones – Step up and be Chris Jones. You can't just be Chris Jones when it's easy and it doesn't matter. And the one down where they don't double team you, you break through the line, you get a sack halfway through the second quarter. Okay, it stops the drive. Everybody has feel good, has a lot of good feel good feelings about you. They say Chris Jones is a monster. What I want to see, Chris Jones, if you're really a monster, beat a double team late in the fourth quarter when it matters and get your team off the field because that's what a leader would do. And that's what a, a true monster at his position who's making the money that he's making would do. Wow. Like, I love Chris Jones, but you got to make those plays, man. We got to see it out of you at some point. You know, and for all of, for as excellent as Chris Jones' season has been and all the hype that he's getting around the defensive player of the year conversation, like I haven't been putting him there as much as some other people have because to me, it, it's still, it's Nick Bosa. It, it's, it's Micah Parsons. And then it's kind of everybody else. And Matthew Judon is maybe in that conversation here. But like really right now, it's, Micah Parsons and, and Nick Bosa and, and no one else. And that's highlighted today by Chris Jones play, because if you want to be a player, a defensive player of the year, caliber player in the NFL, you come up in these big games in these big moments. And it's not to say that we haven't seen Chris Jones do that because we have, he is the biggest impact player on that side of the ball. But, man, you can't get ghosted in a game like this. You can't just totally disappear in a game like this. And he had, a, he had a, a rep early on in the game where he was in the backfield before Joe Burrow had even handed off the ball. But I feel like that was the only time I noticed Chris Jones the rest of the game. And they were getting a little bit of pressure here and there. And credit to Joe Burrow, who has gotten a lot better this season at when the pocket collapses, he actually tries to avoid pressure instead of just eating sacks like he did last season. But – 
this is just a performance you cannot have from your defense at this stage of the season when you're in the driver's seat in the AFC and you need this win against another talented playoff team. And the Chiefs defense just did not show up today. They did not show up to play. And that's why they fell 27-24 to the Cincinnati Bengals. But Spags can't play against quarterbacks that he can't blitz. Like, that's the thing. It's Spags wants to blitz a quarterback. and you play a quarterback he can't blitz, he struggles. So let's get into the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, there there are some things to highlight here. It wasn't the prettiest offensive performance from the Kansas City Chiefs, but they did have some moments here. And, you know, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a couple of big-time plays. They finally got some things opened up down the field in the third quarter after they could not get anything going down the field in the first half of the game. Um I think that for the most part, the Chiefs offensively, there was a turning point in the game, and that was the Travis Kelsey fumble, where they come out opening drive of the second half. They go, they march down the field, they get that big play to MVS, they get into the end zone, they take the lead, they go out, they finally get a stop on the Bengals and Joe Burrow, and then they come back out on the field. Mahomes hit, hits Kelsey while he's getting hit drills a dart to Travis Kelsey and Kelsey just trying to pick up some extra yards. Like we see him do all the time winds up getting stripped, fumbles the football game changing play. And that was really the turning point. I think for me uh, throughout the game, because the chiefs had an opportunity to take a, a, a big lead and try to take command of the game and say, okay, this is ours. Now we're taking this from you Cincinnati. And that play really changed things. I don't feel like they ever recovered from that, but you know, it's, Hall of Famer Travis Kelsey. I don't fault Travis Kelsey for the play. That's just football. That just happens sometimes. But that was the game-breaking play, I think, for the Cincinnati Bengals that just leaned things in their favor just enough when the Chiefs had an opportunity to try to put it away. Listen, we we love Travis Kelsey because he does the superhero thing almost week after week after week. And the, the moment when he's human, it's in a crucial moment. But if you're going to take the guy when he's a superhero, then you got to take him in the moments when he's when he's human as well. I don't fault Travis Kelsey for trying to get the extra yards. It's it's unfortunate when it happened because it was in one of the most crucial moments. And I tell you what, no, I haven't heard the post game interviews yet. Travis Kelsey, if he speaks, is gonna is gonna wear that one. I guarantee on the New Heights podcast this week, he's gonna wear that that fumble and take that upon himself. Um, I think that what you saw in that moment. Was it wasn't Travis Kelsey making a mistake? It was the Bengals defense stepping up and getting the play that their team needed when they needed it. It was the opposite of what the Chiefs did today. Um, Travis Kelsey was quiet, but a lot of that was scheme. I think that the Chiefs didn't go to Travis Kelsey a lot in the first half on purpose. Um, you saw Juju Smith Schuster really being kind of that third that third down chain mover early in the early in the game, which is what we brought him in for, which is which is why I thought that we stood a pretty good chance of winning this game um, on offense. I think Mahomes still looked downfield just a little bit too much. I mean, Mahomes had some that had some really amazing plays in this game. We'll talk about them as we go on. Um, but I think that he did leave some stuff underneath still. And you're gonna you're gonna take that with Mahomes. I mean, it's the same way with with a lot of the great quarterbacks in NFL history. They're constantly looking to move the ball downfield, and they're gonna miss the underneath stuff sometimes. Aaron Rodgers misses the underneath guy like eight times out of ten and tries to force the ball downfield. And every year up until now, it's worked great for him. Um, 
you just when it's when it's third and less than four though, you wish Mahomes would be looking at five yards instead of fifteen. Well, and you know, yes, Travis Kelsey fumbled the ball. It, it was a, a game changing play by the Cincinnati Bengals defense. But if you go back and watch every offensive snap of the Chiefs, like the Bengals were doing that the entire game. They were trying to force fumbles the entire game. That's something that they do defensively to try to create turnovers. That's something that they coach. And so I, I'm not shocked that that happened. You don't think that it's going to be Travis Kelsey who who costs you in that situation, but football happens sometimes. So I, I don't blame Travis Kelsey, but I think that is the biggest turning point in the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I think this game also highlighted some other things that we've seen in recent weeks with them offensively. Now, when it's all clicking and when it's all working, it's hard to pin to pinpoint exactly like the things that might be red flags when you get into the NFL postseason. But right now the chiefs are struggling a little bit at the wide receiver position. We know Juju's that possession guy. We know MBS can, you know, take the top off of a defense and, and create those big plays. Like he did a couple of times today, but he's wildly inconsistent with it. Justin Watson can make some plays for you here and there. Not super consistent with it. Sky Moore, still very limited role in the offense. And they struggled in the red zone again today. I know they wound up where wound up actually getting in the end zone multiple times today, but we've seen several weeks in a row now without a guy like Kadarius Tony, without a guy like McCole Hardman, without these explosive guys that they can run some of those plays that they like in the red zone. The Chiefs are kind of struggling to score a little bit. They're struggling to win those man-on-man situations. And when the Bengals were just saying, we're going to drop eight like we did last year, and we're just going to make you beat us underneath, the Chiefs don't really have a lot of guys right now that can catch a ball underneath and then take it 30 yards or something and create a big play like that. And so that's something that they need to address this offseason because until McCole Hardman is healthy, until Kadarius Toney is healthy, Teams are going to continue to play the Chiefs like this, and I think it's going to continue to be a problem for them offensively. I mean, and we say until McCole Hardman is healthy and until Kadarius Tony is healthy, but, I mean, we're getting late enough in the season that those untils might turn into ifs. Well, and, I mean, it's worth noting that their schedule's light enough down the stretch that they could probably get by without them, but I think you desperately need those guys in the playoffs. You have to have them. If the Chiefs don't have those two guys in the playoffs, then their likelihood of winning the Super Bowl drops dramatically just because of you need that that game breaker in your offense. Um man, it's yeah, yeah, you, you wanna you wanna see the Chiefs wide receivers win more in these one on one situations. But you also want to see the Chiefs utilize the screen game more. I mean, like it seems like anytime they pass the ball to Jerick McKinnon, he goes for seven or eight yards at least. Like down the stretch, like, like if, if if your wide receivers can't get open, why not set up the screen game to McKinnon a little bit more? Like we're seeing right here on the touchdown, right? I mean, like, like, like on that last offensive play that Mahomes had where he took the sack, I'd have to go back and watch the tape on it. But I swear that McKinnon was open on that exact same route and Mahomes didn't even look at him, right? You know, when it's third and less than third and three and you got Jared McKinnon open in the flats, like, like just just take that easy the easy connection, man. Like it's just like it's not rocket science. Like if they're if they're dropping eight, then your flats are open, right? Look to your flats and then then let McKinnon try to make some guys like some make somebody miss. And, and I'm seeing uh, a lot in the comment section. Like the offensive line was terrible today, and they couldn't do anything up front. Um, 
I don't think the Chiefs offensive line was that bad today. Like I, I thought at least in the run game, like they were opening up big running lanes for the Chiefs running backs. And and that's why we saw Jared McKinnon have a very nice game today. We saw Isaiah Pacheco have another nice game. But when you get into these kinds of matchups against a team like Cincinnati, like I understand people want the Chiefs to run the ball more sometimes and commit to it a little bit more. And there's times where I think they should do the same thing. But this isn't the kind of game where you're like, okay, we need to run the ball 40 times. Like this isn't that kind of game. You got to throw a little bit and you got to trust in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we saw him, Patrick Mahomes, take it into his hands and kind of Michael Jordan dunk it into the end zone for a touchdown, which was a great play in the third quarter. But I think for the most part, the Chiefs offensive line was fine today. Like I, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, they get, they let Mahomes get sacked a couple of times. And, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals pass rush is okay, but it's not elite or dominant or anything like that. They've got a couple of strong power rushers. But for the most part, I don't think the offensive line was the issue offensively for the Chiefs. I, I think it was the fact that that eight-man coverage, the zone that the Bengals were running, was just giving them problems again, and they don't have any dynamic guys who can break it when things aren't falling into place for them offensively. So with the Chiefs' offensive line, I think you really have to separate it into two different two different situations, pass protection and, 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 and run blocking. And a lot of the Chiefs' run blocking – you know, you're going to have your interior three offensive linemen, you know, your Davis, Allegretti, Humphrey, and Smith. And those three guys are studs. And, of course, they're going to get pushed up the middle. They're going to open up running lanes. They're going to be able to do some great things in the running game. So, yeah, so the Chiefs offensive line looks good in the running game because they're good run blockers. But you know what? Like Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley, at this point, we've seen enough that, yeah, okay, the, the Bengals' front four isn't great. Trey Hendrickson aside, like – they're not a great pass rushing team and they put pressure on Mahomes today. Andrew Wiley is out of his depth as a right tackle in the NFL. It's not the first time that I've said it on this show and I'll keep on saying it like in his best game, he is passable. That is his, that is his, his, his ceiling is a passable right tackle in the NFL at his worst game. He gets beat. And then on top of that today, you had a, he had a situation where, a big, a big third and 15 conversion is brought back because of just a mental error. Like they, they don't know if Mahomes, I understand with a, with a quarterback like Mahomes, you don't know if he's going to scramble or he's going to pull up and throw the ball. Right. But what you can't have is your offensive lineman running five, five yards downfield when your quarterback's still behind the line of scrimmage. Like, I know you want to get a jump start and get out ahead of him and, and, and block for him if oh. he's scrambling, but you got to stay at the line of scrimmage and wait, you got to wait, you got to be disciplined. And then if he does take off, then go. But if you if you go too early, then all you're doing is negating is negating the third down play, and it, it's just not smart football. Like it's just a mental error at that point. And so, I I'll give I'll say they were great in run blocking today, but pass protection was mediocre. It was it, which 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 against a mediocre you know pass rush that's fine, but that's not going to be good enough down the stretch in the playoffs. Like like mediocre pass blocking is not good enough. And I mean, the call on Andrew Wiley being down the field, like, I, I think that's something that it seems to happen to the Chiefs a lot. Um, it's but, not the first time. That's yeah, the problem. It's but I, I do think that's something where you're just like, damn it, like that, that just kind of happens sometimes. And, you know, Wiley obviously is their worst offensive lineman, but they've been getting by with it for most of the season. I don't know if we're going to see 
much out of Lucas Niang. I think he came in for one snap in this game. Maybe he played a little bit more, but it was one snap where they were clearly going to run the football and they brought him in as an extra offensive lineman. So I don't know if Lucas Niang is really in play here to actually like take over for Andrew Wiley this late in the season, but I do think while their offensive line isn't necessarily elite, they're good enough. And, and, you know, not having Joe Tooney again makes a difference in this football game, I think. But they were good enough today to make enough to give Patrick Mahomes enough time to try to make plays. It was just a lot of mistakes defensively across the board um, and, and not executing very well offensively. And then, of course, we can't get out of here without mentioning the missed field goal by Harrison Butker that would have tied the game because it's not a Kansas City Chiefs football game if they play four quarters and there's not a single special teams mistake. So it's just all of that collectively and going against one of the better teams in the AFC, all of that's a recipe for a loss, and that's exactly what happened today. I feel like a broken record, Serta, but like I feel like at least three or four games this season I've said – you know, they rushed Harrison Bucker back, you know, like Harrison Bucker wasn't fully healed and we didn't really need to rush Harrison Bucker back and down the stretch, it's going to really suck if we if we have a, a must need field goal that, you know, to tie or win the game and then we miss it. And we're going to always be wondering, is it because Harrison Bucker is not 100% because Dave Tube said that Harrison Bucker is not going to be 100% at any point this season? Like, sure, maybe that wasn't the reason why he missed the field goal. But we don't know. Why? Because they rushed him back. You know, like, it's this is this is just, like, Dave Tube is just having a horrible season. Can you just, just do the baseline, right? Like, make your field goals, punt the ball without it getting blocked, and then fair catch every single kick. Like, like those are the two things, man. Those are the things, man. And just, it's it's... I, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say at this point because it just seems like we're saying the exact same thing about this well, special teams unit every single week. It's the same thing over and over and over again. At least this week there wasn't a fumble on a punt. So you feel better about that. Um I you know, you don't think that Harrison Butker is a liability or anything like that, but as soon as he took the field for that field goal and the way that series ended, it was like you could feel it coming. Like you could feel the miss coming because you're like, yeah, they're due. They're due for mm-hmm. a special teams mistake. And that's exactly what happened. So Kansas City Chiefs fall to nine and three on the season. They are now tied with the same record top the AFC as the Buffalo Bills. But of course, because of the Buffalo Bills win over the Kansas City Chiefs, they currently take over the number one seed in the AFC. Chiefs sitting at number two. They've got some work to do the last few weeks of the season, and they've got one of the lighter schedules here to end the season in the NFL. So they can do it. They can easily win out the rest of the way here and still put themselves in position to try to reclaim that number one seed. But this was a game you really had to have, and the Chiefs just did not get it done today. I want to remind you before we get out of here, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, we will have all the post-game press conferences available for you immediately following the show. But before we get out of here, if you respond in the comments section, hashtag AP rapid reaction, let's get to some of your comments and observations from the game. There were several momentum shifts. I thought the call of roughing the passer on, I'm assuming that Stallworth was a bad call and it really hurts the chiefs. Yeah. There was a lot of plays like that throughout this game. And 
you know, I'm never going to be the guy that argues referees, referees, but those early penalties on the chiefs were just backbreakers because they couldn't get off the field. It was just every, it felt like every other opportunity they felt like to, they were going to get off the field defensively. It was another flag, another flag. Then the offense comes out on the field. They get a big flag that negates a huge play. Like it, it was just that kind of stuff all day for the Kansas city chiefs. I don't know what it is about Cincinnati. I don't know what, if it's the color scheme, if it's coaching, what I don't know what any of it is, but it just seems like the Bengals give them a lot of problems and the refs just pile on to all of the issues today for the chiefs. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to get into the rest just because they're not good. And so, and I've said that before, um, but as far as momentum shifts go, I thought the biggest one that was a missed opportunity for the chiefs was the Dunlap stop. Like you have like Carlos Dunlap comes out and gets that stop on fourth down and you have the ball back with what, 37 40 seconds left on the clock and you run the you just run the clock down like like okay you don't want to you don't want to try to like you know throw a hail mary and risk an interception or blah 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 even if you're going to run the ball run the hurry up offense yet you, you do have harrison bucker who can kick the ball 70 yards so guess what all you need is 25 yards at that point to, to get into field goal, a possible field goal range you know like just just try to do something the chiefs were playing like they were in the lead at that point and they were losing like like, come on, like have some sort of sense of urgency to, to ride this momentum shift and to do something with it. I was prepared for that Carlos Dunlap play to be the one that like we kicked things off with tonight. And we were like, this was the turning point of the game. Carlos Dunlap in his return to Cincinnati. And, and this is the stop that they made just before the half. And it was the turning point in the game. Then the Chiefs came out. Score their score an opening touchdown uh, to kick things off in the second half, and then after that, it just all kind of unraveled. Uh, if they would have got three points, it would have been. It would have been if they would have got three points yes. there. Uh, Jones should have had the sack at the end. He hesitated, and I'm sure it was the previous roughing the passer that was called on them. Are you talking about the third down conversion to T. Higgins? Uh, I'm assuming. Um, we were kind of getting set up for the show, so I, I have to go back and rewatch that play. I'll probably try to do that later to see what was happening on going on there. But I mean, I, I don't think that roughing the passer penalties, like as, as much as we want to say, like oh, that makes players hesitate. I don't really buy into that. Like they know what their job is. They got to go out there and they got to get sacks and. They did not sack Joe Burrow all day today. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there was some hesitation there. I don't think it was because of penalties. I think it was just because their defensive line had about the worst outing that it's had all season. I, I do know the play that they're talking about, and it was on the third down conversion because we were setting up, and I was watching it out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't see who the player was, but it definitely – you know, in real time, I have to go back and look at it because I don't know. It looked like they like like Joe Burrow still had the ball in his hand and the player pulled up. Like it, and it, it did look like a complete pull up by whichever defensive player it was, and that they did have a chance to lay a hit on Joe Burrow and they didn't. Um, I could be wrong. Like I said, I was multitasking, but if that is the case, then oh my gosh! I mean, it just it just reaffirms every single thing with all of our frustrations we've been talking about today about how this defense just did not show up today, and if they did ever let something like that in their head, then shame on them. Play the game. It's, shame on you and play the game. Listen, if you want to have a gripe with anybody from the Chiefs' performance today, it is the defense as a whole and Steve Spagnuolo. Like this was 
the game where I was pointing to Spags. Like, Spags, I, I, I've been tooting your horn all season. I've been raving about you all season and what you've done with these young guys. And they just did not show up ready to play today. It, it was It's as disappointed as I have been in that side of the ball all year long. They were just not ready to go. Hashtag AP reaction, rapid reaction. We can't make a deep playoff run without a pass rush. Shouldn't more be made of the Bates fake injury defensive delay of the game. I I don't think that the ceiling's collapsing on the Chiefs pass rush. Like they've still got a lot of sacks this season. They've still generated a lot of pressure. Spags has still been really good at dialing up the blitzes and things like that. The issue is when you get into the postseason and you're playing the best teams in the NFL, you have to be able to win with those guys up front and not have to blitz on you know, third and 17 where you give up a big play because Spags isn't confident that his edge rushers are going to get there or that Chris Jones is going to be able to fight off of a double team and get after the quarterback. That is an issue, but it's no more highlighted today than it has been all season. This has been something we've talked about all year long. This has been a concern all year long with the Chiefs pass rush. They've kind of overperformed a little bit. And, you know, George is giving you fine reps, but we know what George is at this point in his rookie season. He still, I don't think has hit his ceiling as a player by any means. Like he could still develop and get a lot better, but we know who George is. We know who Carlos Dunlap is. We know who Frank Clark is and Mike Dana and, and Chris Jones. And it just is what it is. But this is why we wanted them to go out and get somebody at the trade deadline, because we've been concerned about the pass rush all year long. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's like, and that's why whenever you see any mock draft for the chiefs, it seems like every single year it's like, who are the Chiefs going to take in the first round? Oh, well, the Chiefs need an edge rusher. Well, yeah, we've needed an edge rusher for the last three years, and we keep on taking edge rushers and adding edge rushers, and we keep on getting the same results. At some point, it's probably not the player, it's the system, you know? And I'm sorry, like, like we, I've been giving Spags a lot of credit this year, but at some point, if, if they keep on giving you the players that you're asking for, like if Carl Loftus was the guy that you wanted Spags, and now Carl Loftus is – just passable but he's a first round draft pick well then that's on you spags because that's the guy that you asked for right you know like you're getting your guys um as far as the jesse bates situation oh my gosh like this is not the world cup like like like, <laughs> like just like these like, I mean, that dive is horrible like the nfl if the nfl really wants it cares about like competitive play then this situation should be list. a charge a charge timeout and the players should be off the field for the rest of the the rest of the series like that's like if you're inside the 10 yard line and you go out for an injury then it should be a it should be a timeout on the defense and it's and the guy should not be allowed back on the field for the rest of the series otherwise there's no incentive for the teams for teams not to do this oh and listen i'm you know I, i'm really not against it if a player intentionally delays a football game like that like I, i'm not against there being some kind of consequence for something like that but we don't need to overblow this. I've seen a lot of people in the comments tonight talking about what about the Jesse Bates delay a game? What's going to happen with that? I don't know. Maybe he'll get fined. It's really not that big of a deal. As far as I'm concerned, that's just gamesmanship, like in the sport. Like if he's not going to get a flag for that, we've seen other teams do that before. It's uh, he's helping his team out because they were going to get flagged for having too many men on the field. So I, that's what that was all about. I, I just think that's a part of the football game. And you know, if they do want to change the rule, fine. But I don't think we need to make a big deal about it. That wasn't a, a game-changing play or something. The like issue that. is is that the Chiefs should be able to snap the ball then. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they I, should I have totally snapped the ball at totally any point then, that. if that's the case, and catch him. Yeah. Because if you're not going to let the Chiefs snap the ball because they have too many men on field, then you shouldn't let him go down and fake an injury. Like, if yeah. you're going to allow the gamesmanship, then allow the gamesmanship go both ways. Well, Kansas City Chiefs did unfortunately fall to the Cincinnati Bengals 27 24. But thankfully, the rest of the schedule is pretty light. Next week, they travel to Denver to take on the Broncos, who failed to score a touchdown yet again today against the Baltimore Ravens, and Lamar Jackson left that game early in the first half. So it was against Lamar Jackson's backup. Then they get the Houston Texans in play for the number one overall pick, absolute worst team in the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks, who won today, but you think the Kansas City Chiefs should be able to handle business against the Seahawks, then the Broncos again, and the Raiders to end the season. So... You know, it, it's not all doom and gloom tonight here in Kansas City. The Chiefs just got to take care of business down the stretch. They just need to win these last several games that are all easily winnable football games for this Kansas City Chiefs football team to put them in a position to try to reclaim the number one seed in the AFC. You would have liked to have gotten a win against this Bengals team. I know Chiefs fans are, are dying to say they finally got over the hump for Patrick Mahomes, who beats everyone and dominates everybody. It makes everyone look foolish. For some reason, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, the one team he cannot do that against, and the one team he has failed to do that against so far in his NFL career. But I'm still totally confident in this Kansas City Chiefs team. And I'm I'm sure you feel the same way, Rocky. Like, this isn't all doom and gloom. You have bad games sometimes in the NFL, and that's just kind of how it was today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, this is a playoff caliber team. You're gonna it's a long season. You're gonna lose games. Nobody's nobody goes 17 and 0, right? And so if you're gonna lose a game, lose to a good team. Like we lost to the Bills, we lost to the Bengals. Those aren't bad losses. The Colts, that's a bad loss. Like we shouldn't have lost to the Colts. But uh it's not doom and gloom. We we still have great, great lookout moving ahead in the season. So let's just lock it down, let's clean things up and let's push let's push strong to the playoffs. I want to remind you guys, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, you can listen to all the post-game press conferences immediately following the show. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully the Chiefs get back in the win column next week. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magana. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will talk to you guys later this week to preview their Week 14 matchup against the Denver Broncos. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Cincinnati Bengals 27-24 to in Week 13. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and linebacker Nick Bolton. On that side of the ball, too, and everybody's got a little piece of this, and, um, you know, we got to take take care of that. Hey, anything particular related to that, I guess, that you saw that, that uh, led to uh, Bro having generally quite a lot of time to work with? Uh, yeah, I mean, their, their offensive line at times did a good job. At other times, he, you know, he's slippery and he kind of worked his way through, um, made some plays with his legs. But I thought we had decent pressure on him, uh, you know, throughout.
third down defense. I know on the last drive it really played a big dividend, but overall, just it, it just wasn't up to the standard. I'm sure it was. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we, we got to do better there. Um, you know, we'll go back and go back and look at that. And we had a third down on the offensive side that we had a chance to third and fourth down that we had a chance to, uh, or the third down, I'm sorry, that we had a chance to fix there, and we we didn't do a great job on that either. Um, good football team you're playing, and um, you know, it, I mean, there were things we put our finger on because we were able to score after after that, and we, I thought we played a little better defense there. And the emphasis of third down play, uh, looking off the field, did that weigh into the decision as well? Just seeing him come no, listen, I, no, I, no, no, I, I thought we had a chance to make the field goal. Yeah, yeah. Just one, just yeah, no, yeah, he's okay. He, he was all right. Yeah. Yeah, this one came right down to the end. I, I don't, I don't feel that way. I, I think it's two good football teams playing each other, and you know we, we got to take care of business down the stretch. The last couple of series, there we got to take care of business. Yeah, sure. I listen. I, I think they, you know, they did a good job. They, they competed. Um, and, and they're going to be better for that. This game right here, they'll be they'll be they'll be better for it. Um, they can learn from this. <clears throat> and it's it's very important that we do that as a you know as a team and and for those young guys. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, I'm ready for whatever coach decides. Um, if we want to kick the field goal, I believe we have one of the best kickers in the league. So I'm going to give them the chance to kick the field goal. And if coach wants to go for it, I believe that we can make it happen as an offense. So whatever coach decides, I know he's been in these moments before. Uh, I'm going to trust in that. And we went with the field goal, and it didn't didn't go our way this year, didn't this time. The persuasion is just kind of I just start, you stay out there and just hope that he calls it. Um, uh, get the fourth down uh, chance, but we had gone through a lot of fourth downs throughout the game, and um, they were doing a good job. I mean, even we had hard fought ones, but we had guys we were, we were converting them. But I mean, we have one. We paid Bucker, and we have one of the best kickers in the league. So we trust in him in those moments, and he's made a lot of big kicks. So uh, this one didn't go our way, but if we're in that moment again, I, I trust that he'll make it. Patrick, what, what did you try to get across across to Travis after the fumble? I'm sure he had words of encouragement for him. Yeah, I mean, just. I just tell him to continue to be himself. I mean, we've seen Travis do that many of times and get all those extra yards, which are hard-fought yards in this league. And um, obviously they made a good play. Um, they stripped the ball out right at the very end there. Um, but I'm taking Travis fighting for extra yards every single time because that's the type of competitor that he is. Did you have to pick him up at all, did you feel like, or did you really beat? No, I didn't. I didn't. I just tried to get the ball to him as quickly as possible after that. So um, we trust in him, man. Uh, he's a he's a competitor. He's a reason that we're we're playing. We play in these big games like this, um, and so uh, we're, he's gonna go down fighting. So we're gonna keep giving him chances to make plays. Yeah, I mean, first off, they got a great quarterback, a guy that's won a lot of football games. Even though it was in college, to the, he's won a lot of football games now in the NFL. Um, he's someone that competes at the very end too. Um, they got playmakers all over there. <clears throat> They're well coached. Have a good defense. 
Um, and at the end of the day, they just they've they've executed at a higher level in the critical situations. Um, and so um, we 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 started off slow. Uh, we got back in the game, in the flow of things, and then we had a, a turnover late, and then the the missed kick. So I mean, if you just try to take away those two things in the fourth quarter, I mean, if you if you're playing good teams, you make those turnover on downs basically in the fourth quarter. Uh, those are the, the things that kind of bite you at the end. Yeah, they just have a well put together team. I mean, you saw the offense, even though it's kind of like has the playmakers, but they'll take their time and, and kind of u- utilize the clock. Um, they uh, their defense does a lot of different. They change up a lot of different coverages. Uh, they do a good job. They try to take Travis away as, as best as possible. That's why you saw other guys making catches. Um, and, I mean, I feel like we execute at a high level, uh, except for the one three and out drive. Um, but uh, it wasn't high enough because we didn't win. So we just got to go back and look at the film um, and just uh, try to get better from this game. Yeah, I mean, they played a good coverage. Um, I, I was looking at Juju. I didn't think I could get it in there where he would get in the end zone. And um, it's fourth down, so you have to try to go for it. And I, I was running, and the only way to get it was going over the top. So I should have tried to reach it over and, and get in the end zone. You're pretty confident you, got, you, you did get the ball over the goal line? I, I mean, I knew it was close. Um, obviously, you don't want to fumble anytime. Um, I know it's fourth down you're going for it, but you don't want to fumble. So I just tried to reach it across, and the ball came out. And I looked and saw that they kind of had jumped on it, and I looked at the ref, and he had said touchdown. So um, as confident as you can be when you're kind of flying in the air. Yeah, I mean, we definitely executed at a higher level than we did in the playoff game. Um, I thought the guys did a good, good, good. They did a great job of kind of blocking there. Um, they got us that one at the very end, um, which we wish we could have a little bit more time. Um, but at the same time, um, they, have, they had a good game plan. And we, we I thought we had a, we executed at a high level at, at some points in the game. But we got to be, if you're going to beat a good football team, you got to execute throughout the entire game. Anything else? All right, Dave. Thanks, Patrick. Nick, what is about Joe Burrow that makes him elusive? What are you seeing out there? Oh, man, uh, he does a great job putting the ball away and protecting the football. Um, he's unconventional in terms of scrambling. Uh, he can kind of moves up uh, in the pocket and, and shrinks himself down to take away some of the surface area to tackle him. And um, he's elusive, man. Um, and so we just got to uh, be a little bit better on tackling uh, overall as a whole. I feel like we didn't tackle very well today. Uh, we can start there. With the tackling, is that something that obviously you look to change, but mm-hmm. how easy or difficult is that to kind of rectify going forward? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, some of those things, you got to give them guys credit. Uh, P. Ryan had a, a hell of a game. Uh, he's a shorter back, and he's able to use that to his advantage. Uh, get downhill, kind of get a little sideways, make it a little harder. I don't make one-on-one tackles. And um, I feel like you just got to go back to, uh, to the drawing board in terms of just mid-target tackling, wrapping up, taking the body parts to the ground, and um, game tackling. Uh, we had a lot of tackles there, a lot of one-one in space. Uh, I feel like we get a couple more guys to the ball. Uh, some little technique things we can clean up as well. What does a loss like this do for you guys moving hmm. forward? Oh, man, uh, start all over. Um, we've got a lot of things we can fix. Um, it's hard to correct things when you're winning. Um, so uh, you can go back to the drawing board. Uh, we, can, we can build on uh, things we did right, and uh, there's a lot of things we can clean up. I'll be better at going down the stretch. Was there something that was similar that you saw last year? The last time you guys played these, the last two times you played these Bengals, was something similar that you saw, or was there it's a different team that you were playing with? Oh uh, yeah, a different team, a uh, whole different dynamic. Uh, the counter attack is a little bit different than they did last year. Uh, this year, I think was more more so tackling. Last year, I think we had a lot of, uh, a lot of mental errors. Uh, we kind of let the explosive plays. Uh, we kind of made them take the long, hard road. Uh, give them guys credit; they completed passes. Uh, stayed, stayed in front of the sticks. Kind of stayed on schedule throughout the day, and um, they just made more plays in us down the stretch.
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.